So it's not about having, you know, celebrities or the most famous people on my show, but I want people that can break things down in the way that I want them to. And I know it helps my audience members out the best. And there's not this, you know, huge gap between them because how can a small business owner relate to a person who has built an eight figure business or whatever, you know, they live in entirely different worlds. So I really want to invite people who can provide the most value and I'm not, you know, chasing guests based on that. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Discover ways to get more listeners, more money, and be top of mind with your podcast by leveraging the things you're already doing well. Go to nextupnation.com slash listener to watch our free training where I show you how. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, host of Next Up Nation, where we help podcasters and YouTubers with vision become preeminent thought leaders in their industries. You are about to have the incredible opportunity to listen as we dig into the why, who, and what of a podcaster show. Then at the end, we're going to identify one powerful how, one action that she can take for results in the next 30 days. Let's welcome Monique Adimudia, host of Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast. Monique, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm I'm excited to have you as well. I'm I like I said, I was listening to your show beforehand, so I'm I'm really excited to dig in. Uh, and just a little bit about Monique, uh, Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast has released 49 episodes from March 13th of 2020 until the day of this recording, which is June 22nd, 2021. Monique is the founder, like a uh, with a, of a marketing agency with the same name as the podcast, Dragon Digital Marketing. And it's an agency for small businesses based in St. Petersburg, Florida. She is a bright ex- execution-driven consultant, public speaker, and educator. So Monique, tell me, why did you start Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast? Yeah, I wanted, so I'm an inbound marketer. I'm all about content and publishing that content, distributing it online and providing as much value as I possibly can for my audience since I don't do any, you know, cold outreach or cold calling, advertising and any of that stuff. So in the pandemic, everybody was sitting at home. (laughs) We were in lockdown and I was saving a lot of time. I didn't have to, you know, commute anymore. I ordered everything, literally every little thing online. <laughs> so I barely <laughs> had to leave the house for anything. And I had so much extra time. And podcasting was just, you know, it's a growing industry, it was blowing up in popularity. So I was like, let me start a podcast for my digital marketing agency and get into podcasting. And I haven't regretted it ever since. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's so, I mean, is it, is it something that you just did because you loved or did you have some kind of outcome that you wanted out of it? Were you inspired by something? Yes. So I, I just have a lot to talk about. I have so much content. Um, it helps me to repurpose my content. It helps me to network and get to know more people. I get to interview great people. I get to be on guests and other people's uh, podcasts. Like, like I'm on Next Up Nation right now. Um, I get to learn so much myself and build my online presence and, you know, have another channel, so to speak, that I can use to market myself and promote my agency and just be seen as a thought leader and get out there, build awareness, 
um, where people can discover me. So there's so, so, so um, many benefits of being a podcaster and having a podcast. And it gives me more content. It helps me with my SEO. It helps me with so many things. The, the benefits of having a podcast for any business uh, are just, yeah, almost endless. So it just made sense. It just clicked. Um, I guess it was a time issue that I hadn't started it even earlier than that. But mm-hmm. I've always liked listening to podcasts myself. I knew kind of like the landscape and what was out there. I knew the other uh, marketing podcasts, the most popular ones, and most of them are for marketers. So I wanted to, you know, put a different take on it and make one that's actually for business owners and not for marketers. Oh, I love it. You know, I always I always say that podcasting is a content marketer's dream. You know, how many years did we spend working with our clients? You know, we started as a, you know, web we uh we developed websites and then we wrote blog posts, repurposed them into social media and into email campaigns. And it was always a matter of when I would talk to new clients or potential clients are just like, I don't know what we would write about. And of course we're like, oh, well, there are these, you know, this idea and this idea. But with podcasting, it just creates itself. It's like, it is just, you don't have to come. The editorial calendar is so much easier. Like I just feel before we even help people with podcasts, we, that's how we did it was without a podcast. And then when we started incorporating the podcast, it was like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier. So I love that you, that's, it sounds like you're kind of in that same space where you like to organically bring in, uh, you know, attention for your clients through, uh, through content. And so how was that transition? Did you have that same experience where it was just exciting to have that content practically write itself? Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of the times the guests already include topics that they want to talk about in their pitches that they send to you. So you can just pick your favorite topic that you haven't talked about yet, or you would just, you know, like to cover next from the list that they give you and everything just falls into place. Um, you can have different episodes episode formats too. So when I am an expert on the same topic, we can make it more of like a natural conversation. And it's like 50-50. I talk 50% of the time. My guest talks 50% of the time. And it's just a conversation. Whereas when I'm not an expert myself on the topic, um, I just take a step back and I just ask uh, the questions and let the person talk the entire time and get enlightened myself and learn something new (laughs) and benefit from it just as my audience would. And then Um, I take the transcripts from every episode. So it gives me a blog post essentially and more text content that I can just uh, put all all the way down to tweets. Basically, Mm -hmm. Uh, I can just put like one quote or take one sentence or two sentences of it, um, make a tweet out of it, make a social media post out of it for LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. So it's really, really uh, versatile, the amount of content that I can create from it. And then I also always record the video and make it like a video cast as well. And I upload the video version on YouTube. I also embed it on my website. I create a show notes page for each of my episodes where I put, you know, everything that was mentioned. Sometimes people mention handy tools that they like, uh, resources, other websites, statistics, uh, whatever it may be. Um, And I have a show notes page and I also always put a summary there so people don't have to take notes. They have like a little checklist or actionable 
tips, exercises, whatever it may be, everything that has been talked about. So people can really take action on it and they don't just feel hyped up. I want to make it as helpful as I possibly can. And all of that gives me so much content. The video gives me more content um, even, and I can take, you know, little video snippets from it that I, that I can also share on social. Um, I use it for my email newsletter campaigns a lot too. So I use the insights that we've been talking about in one of my episodes and make it an email newsletter. Um, and yeah, so, so, so many different things <laughs> that yeah. you can do with the content. It's really great. Well, and good for you for uh, really optimizing that. A lot of times I'm having this conversation and I'm always like, if you don't do anything else, like have a blog post. And I have to say, when I looked at your blog, it is the poster child of what I think an excellent show notes is. Uh, I really enjoyed being able to scroll to the bottom and you have, you know, like a, a list of these are the 10 things that you should do based on what we just heard. And uh, in addition to the story format, because I feel like you know, some of us are like, give me just the bullets. And some people like that story. And so they want to hear it. And I feel like you do a really good job of combining that. So very good. And before we talked, before we spoke, you had said that uh, what you want from your show is brand awareness, authority, and thought leadership. Um, In fact, I think in one of your episodes, you coined, what was it? There's like a acronym there's ETA or what was oh yes expertise (laughs) authority and trust yes (laughs) excellent why do you think that that's so important um it just helps people to get to know you better and you know people do business with people so it's not about you know the brand name or the company name but we always want to know who is the person who is the face behind that logo or behind that, you know, company name behind that brand. So we want to get to know the person. And it's important, not just that the person, you know, is real and authentic and sympathetic to us, but you also need to know that they're trustworthy. Are they actually an expert on what they claim to be an expert in? Um, So is there any proof of their expertise? Do they have any content out there that backs it up? Is there social proof? You know, does that person have any media appearances, um, online presence, all all those kind of things. Um, And that is just like a prerequisite to make people trust you because it's an online world. Most people don't get the opportunity to meet you in real life in person. So that's all that they have. If they perform a Google search for you, you know, what comes up when they do that. So you need to build trust digitally, so to speak, and content marketing is the way to do it. And if you're really, really good at it, you become an authority in your field over time. So you're not just trustworthy and you're not just, you know, an expert, but you're also an authority and like the go-to resource. Um, What's your website look like? Are you like a content hub of all different things like blog posts, podcasts, episodes, um, videos, videos? other collaborations, conference talks, uh, speeches that you've given, and all the different media that you've been featured in. And people can see that and you're a trusted resource that you're, you know, the people in your audience come to, to learn, to, you know, just get value, um, get their questions answered, get their problems solved, and just, you know, find help. And that's what you want to achieve. 
And that helps you in almost any regard. And the acronym EAT or EAT um, actually comes from the SEO space because that's what Google wants to see when they rank a website on top of the search results. They don't want to, you know, lead their own users, Google's users, to spammy, shady websites um, where people claim things that are not proven and, you know, give, I don't know, phony advice or whatever it, or whatever it might be to use people or get their money scammed them. Um, so many different things, websites that are not secure, uh, websites that load slowly, all those kind of things. So they want to make sure that only the best of the best pages rank. And EAT is a huge factor um, in that. And you only, you can only prove it over time. And right. that's why it's so important. Yeah. Well, and so let's kind of move on to, to like who it is that you serve, what you just said. I'm a Matt, you, you know, you mentioned that you're small business owners, like that's who your primary audience is. And I like on behalf of small business owners, that sounded overwhelming, (laughs) honestly, like there's a lot of stuff out there, but I'm sure that you're, I mean, I've, I've listened to you and I've seen your website, like there's an approach to it to build on to the different pieces, but, um, just getting it out there. And really the first thing comes down to who you're speaking to. Uh, I, I, you know, you're so good at target audiences. So I'm imagining that you probably have it pretty pinned down to what kind of small businesses that you work with. Can you share that a little bit? Um, so our agency Dragon Digital Marketing is for small businesses and everything is designed for small businesses. Um, small businesses is basically every business that has less than 200 employees. And we target businesses that really want to grow. They really want to grow and scale. They don't want to be small anymore. And small doesn't mean, you know, adding a lot of people and adding a lot of employees. You can be even a one person business and generate millions of dollars every year and be really successful. So the size is, you know, comes also down to the revenue. And that's business owners who really believe in marketing and believe and being inbound and providing value and creating content and attracting people to them organically because they trust in their products and services. They know that they're superior and their challenge is to let the world know and make people see how amazing it is that they do. And yeah, basically attract people to them organically and grow their online presence. And they don't believe in growing solely through, you know, being intrusive, advertising, um, cold emailing, cold LinkedIn, direct messaging, cold calling, all of all of those methods. Uh, they don't want to be seen as that because it doesn't fit their philosophy um, and their brand and what they want to do. Um, so that's uh, that's who we focus on in a nutshell. Um, most business owners are not younger people. They're older. They're like in the boomer generation. They're not really technical. So they're easily overwhelmed by technical stuff. And there's a lot of technical stuff in digital marketing. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's what we help people with basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, um, I know you mentioned in there about, um, you know, that them having trouble being seen as being a, a challenge, Uh, So in your words, what problem do you solve for the people who are specifically listening to your show? And I'm, I mean, and let's just clarify too, are the people listening to your show, are you imagining that's the same audience that you work with for your business? 
Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's the goal. So that's what all of our content serves to. Uh, there might be other, like if you imagine your target audience and you imagine um, like this, like this target, like this bullseye, um, the content is created for the center point for, for the perfect ideal target customer, but automatically you're going to attract people in the circles around that person. So there might be the, you know, one or one or a couple of marketers listening to or other people or people from other countries, because we focus on uh, solely the United States market at this, at this point. Um, but our target audience or core target audience are our ideal customers as well. So it's all tailored um, to them. And the basic problem that we help people solve is to be seen by the right people and say the right things to the right people and be at the right places where the people that you want to reach hang out um, and create content um, that basically solves their problems, answers their questions, handles their objections, and just educates them, inspires them, um, informs them about what they need to know. Some people are not even problem aware yet, so you have to start from the very basics. So the basics, as you've already said, is to define the target audience and to create buyer personas. That is the very first step. Before you can do anything, you need to know, okay, who are the people who I want to reach in the first place? What do they like? What do they don't like that much? Uh, where do they hang out? What purpose do they hang out in certain places for? And then you decide, okay, um, in order to reach my goals, I have to be on social media platforms, XYZ. I have to create XYZ content um, and just reverse engineer it that way and really, really serve those people. And that's how you become successful. And that's what we help clients to do in the digital and online world. Love it. Love it. One thing that you said on your podcast was that you want to help people uh, continue the conversation that their ideal clients having already and just continue that conversation with what they're saying. I thought that was really exactly. Put, you so. want to join the conversation yeah. already going on <laughs> exactly. in your customer's head. Yeah, right. Exactly. And really, it's funny because podcasting is exactly the same way we call it, you know, in marketing, you know, I've done a lot of, you know, avatars, um, you know, before, after grids, you know, transformation statements. Uh, but with podcasting, a lot of times I found that marketers skip that. And it's like, and we call it the audience promise. So like if someone listens to your show over the course of a year, what transformation do you expect that they'll have, even if they never work for you, work with you? Uh, and so it's really interesting to hear. And it's nice when we're doing a show that's congruent with what we do for a living because it's easy, right? You're already on track to do that. You don't have to create this whole other persona. You don't have to create this whole new transformation. It's really a continuation of it. Um, so I think, and, and it seems like that's what your show is and, and how you've approached it. So you've been podcasting for over a year. Uh, what have you been getting feedback? Specifically, I want to know, have you had ways to evaluate your content and really looked at, is it resonating? Have you made adjustment based on that feedback? Yeah, so obviously uh, I look at the stats um, and I see correlations of what topics people like the most and which episodes are the most listened to and the most downloaded and with, you know which ones do not get as many listens and as many downloads. 
And funny enough, copywriting is my number one most popular topic. So whenever I publish something about copywriting, uh, people just like it a lot. And a lot of people struggle with writing and, you know, making it beginner friendly for people who are not industry experts like themselves. We tend to use, you know, jargon and just technical terms because that's how we speak on a day to day basis. But a lot of people struggle with breaking it down. And there's this quote from Albert Einstein that basically says, if you can't explain it for a little child, you don't even understand it yourself. So that's um, a key point that we do too. We really, really break it down into simple terms. And there is a concept, there's a structure that each and every episode follows. So whenever I have an expert on my show about a simple, uh, about a certain topic, it starts with a question, what is blank? Why is blank important? Why should small business owners even care about implementing it? Um, And then we start with, you know, with some myths, basically, it's not just for large businesses, you do not need a million dollar marketing budget to realize it. There's small and simple steps that you can take today that are already going to make a huge difference because your chances are your competitors are not doing that already, because they're paralyzed themselves and they believe, you know, all of the just myths and falls. Uh, false beliefs that are around there, or they just have analysis paralysis and they're overwhelmed with the technical stuff. They don't know who to ask or who to hire. They maybe had bad experiences before because they just uh, wanted to work with somebody on Fiverr and realized that's maybe not the quality (laughs) um, of work that they need. Um, And then it goes into the how-to part. And that is actionable steps. Step one, this is what you have to do first. Step two, this is what you have to do next and so on and so forth. And it basically becomes a list. And that's the list that you've talked about that I always put in the show notes so people can see it at a glance and execute. And there's always, it has to be action packed. It can't just be, you know, blah, 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 blah. Two people um, are talking and then you don't know what the takeaway is. I make it very, very clear what the takeaway is. I have people, you know, include exercises or specific action steps that they can take. Um, I offer help. Um, A lot of the times I have a template or a value added guide or a checklist or whatever myself that I offer. That will be my lead magnet for the episode then. So every single episode um, offers a lead magnet as well um, that they can download directly on the show notes page for free um, and then join my email list. Um, and that's what I do. And then in the end, I give the um, guests a chance to talk about themselves, um, talk about, you know, their business, promote their new book or course or whatever it may be. So they got a couple, they got, got a couple of minutes that they can do it in the end, but that's not the main focus of the episode. So none of the episodes really focus on the person and their background story and what the name of their dog is or whatever that nobody really talks about. So we get to the meat and potatoes um, right away. There's always a teaser, uh, which is basically a compilation of highlights throughout the episode that I put in the very beginning, even before the intro. So people just know what to expect and they listen to the entire episode. And, you know, they don't waste the first two, three minutes with hearing the intro music. And then, hi, my name is Monique Adimudia. I'm your host. And you're listening to episode number, da, 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 and this is the Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast. Yeah. And, blah, 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 you know, that's yeah. just boring people. People have short attention spans. So I give them some value in the very, very um, beginning. And that's kind of the recipe that I follow. I get some really 
good feedback from it because it's really for people to learn and it's not for, you know, people to get all hyped up about what's possible and then they still don't take any action on it. So I want people to take action on it and I make it as easy um, as possible for people to take action on it. Um, A lot of the episodes have a summary in the end as well, where I put everything in a nutshell again and and sum it all up. If it's been a whole lot and it's been a really long, comprehensive episode, so there's really no excuse. And that's the transformation process. I take a person from a novice on any given topic and I make them educated enough and dangerous enough, so to speak, so they can do it themselves on a very basic level. They can implement some steps themselves. They can give it to somebody on their team and they have enough knowledge to know what to look for when hiring a consultant or a digital marketing agency to do it for them. And it's no longer just this mystery for them. They get the basics. And each episode is also about just one specific topic. So we talk about just video marketing or press release marketing or buyer persona marketing or, you know, podcast marketing, whatever it may be in one episode. And we do not jump, you know, from topic to topic within the same episode. So it's really, um, yeah, basically categorized for the different channels. So people can know what to expect when they're looking to implement a certain thing um, in their business. And they really know what they get. So yeah, you basically scroll through the episode titles and you instantly know what you're going to get. It's not clickbait. It's not, you know, a mysterious title that you not really know. So you can jump in and they're all evergreen. So if you want to learn about a topic that I've published a couple of months ago, you can see that from the episode title and it's still going to be really, really relevant for you. And you do not have to, you know, worry about just that just the latest episode that have been released matter or something like that. So it's really a long-term resource that I'm building there. Yeah, that's great. So that kind of leads me to another question is with so many, so many marketing podcasts, because you said it yourself, like it seems like most, I mean, it's probably not, I don't know if it's true, but to a marketer, it seems like it's mostly marketing podcasts that are available. What is your unique value proposition? Yeah, my unique value proposition. Okay, in a nutshell, yeah, my (laughs) unique value proposition is that it's a podcast for small business owners and not for marketers. And I teach small business owners digital marketing strategies and tactics that they can implement in their own small business, and they can do it themselves. And um, I break it down. I make it very, very simple. And I don't confuse them with jargon or technical terms. And I give them actionable steps. And it's very concise. And there is basically no fluff about it. Okay. And so as you, have you gotten feedback like directly on your show from listeners? Or has it mostly been looking at the data? Uh, both, both. Yeah. Sometimes I get messages on social media or just comments underneath my content that people really liked it and it's helped them out and they learn something. Uh, sometimes people reply to my newsletter, which I also always really, really like. That's also a tip that I can give you. Don't use like a no reply email or any generic email that people can't respond to, but really encourage a conversation and, you know, allow people to give you feedback. So yeah, I get there. Sometimes when I just meet people um, on a networking event and they're like, Hey, I tune into your podcast. Um, I really liked it. So yeah. Uh, and the awesome. rest is from stats. Um, I would say, though, that it's more from actual people. And I also 
care more about the advice that I get from people directly than from the podcasting stats, just because the stats are not as advanced when it comes mm-hmm. to podcasting yet. You can't see, you know, as many things as your website, website analytics or other analytics uh, tools, social media analytics, et cetera, give you. Um, it's very, very basic as of now. <laughs> yeah. Unless you, too. unless yeah. you ju- do some really advanced tricks in the background and even right. it's unreliable. So what, um, I, and I have to ask too, you're really good about your call to action. What has been your, uh, capture rate? Like how many leads would you say that you get from your call to action, which is your, uh, fire persona worksheet, right? Isn't that right? Is that what you? Um, most of the time, most of the time, because it's so fundamental and everything builds on knowing your audience. So most of the time, um, it's our free buyer persona template that I use as a lead magnet. But there's other lead magnets too, depending on the topic. There's a free um, email marketing campaign planning calendar. There's an SEO checklist uh, for branding related topics. I have a free branding course called Brand Story, how you can basically build a brand and tell your story and your story is what makes your brand unique and how you stand out from your competitors. So there's a there's a bunch of things. Um, the podcast is actually the, if you look at it from a surface level, the least effective lead generation mechanism that I have in my business. Um, it's still a good one and I'll continue to pursue it, but there's definitely, so if you're doing, if you're trying to do a podcast just for lead generation, then don't do it if that's your main goal. (laughs) Um, but there's so, so, so many other benefits from it. Uh, the main benefits from podcasting is not lead generation. It's really, um, building your online presence, the content that you get from it, the content marketing benefits and the networking benefits that you get from all of the people that you meet and that you get in touch with. Because if you had a conversation and you sat down with a person for an hour, it's not like those, you know, empty connections that you just have sitting around there on LinkedIn, but you don't really know the person. You're not really connected. You haven't ever, you know, really connected um, anyways. So that's what podcasting opens a lot of doors for you. It makes your platform more interesting for a lot of people when you can create that win-win situation and they get something out of it, which is, you know, more exposure for them. Maybe it's a backlink for their SEO, uh, just a, you know, mention of them online, whatever it uh, may be. So um, that's what podcasting is the most powerful for, uh, for lead generation, it is still effective, but there's other things that you'd probably rather want to do if that's your main goal. Yeah. Well, and Monique too, let me just, I just want to kind of back up too. like what I'm trying to do right now is establish like a baseline of like, these are the things that you're doing so that when we move into the next part, I'm not making assumptions. Cause I know there are like a million things that you're doing and you're just getting so much out of it. Uh, but they're always indicators. And one of the cool things is I've done a lot of these hot seats and I'm able to see some trends. And so by understanding the lead side of it, uh, sometimes, I mean, I've literally had podcasters come on and they're getting leads like crazy. I mean, hand over fist. And I've one thing that I found too is that if when we treat our podcast like a landing page, it's amazing. Because then it's just a matter of like, 
Is it the format? Is it that, you know, they're not listening to it as far in as our call to action is, is, you know, and then is our call to action, the headline, you know, I know you had a writer on recently and that's what they said. You know, we spend more time on our headline than on the content. And so it's really helpful for me to ask all these questions. I, I, you know, there's personally, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm with you. It's like relationships, the number one thing, there is nothing that I get out of podcasting that I value and cherish more than the people I meet on the show. And the people who reach out after the show. I mean, there, if I didn't get anything else, I, that would be enough for me, you know? So I 1000% agree with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I agree. So the networking and relationship benefits are the biggest one. Everything is basically what you make it, you know, mm-hmm. how you, how you design it from the get-go and what you want out of it. And then you can use it for whatever you want to use it. Exactly. For me, it's more like, um, you know, reinforcing certain things and making people feel better that they've made the right decision because it's another, it's another point where I can showcase my expertise on and it just, you know, helps people to feel better and to just be reassured, so to speak. So that's what I think it helps with the most. It's really EAT. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But again, yeah, yeah, it depends on the podcast. You're, You're right. That's awesome. Okay. So, and, um, I know you've, we, we talked about your blog and you've got a really amazing social media strategy <clears throat> and have you joined any online groups or forums that were created like for businesses who are trying to, to, uh, you know, get better at marketing or just entrepreneurial sites in general and just answer questions and kind of be there as a, have you kind of engaged in anything like that to, get known. And, um, eventually, I mean, I know none of us want to be salesy on the group. So we're, you know, providing, so I, and I know your approach, so I'm assuming you're the same way, but have you gone in and, and, um, done much of that to become more of a presence and make people more aware of your brand? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm in a couple of groups. I'm in a bunch of groups on LinkedIn. I am also a member of the C-suite network, which is um, a network uh, for entrepreneurs and business owners, basically C-level executives to um, network and to help each other out, answer each other's questions. You find content collaborations there, everything you need, basically. And my approach is uh, not to be salesy, obviously, but all I have to do is basically get people to follow me and to connect with me. Because if they do that, uh, they'll see my content. And I post daily on every network that I'm on. So content is really everything. If you're an inbound marketer and you don't focus on outbound marketing, um, and then I'm automatically on their radar and I can automatically stay top of mind with my content and they'll see the value in it. They see the knowledge that I have, the expertise that I can bring to the table. And then over time, it can be weeks, it can be months for some for, for some people, but they make that connection in their head themselves and they come to that realization themselves. I don't have to brag about myself because nobody you know likes doing that and telling people, oh, I'm so great. I've won this and that award. I've achieved this and that. It's so much better and more effective if they can see for themselves um, and in their own pace. That is uh, so important too. So they can stop me if they want to. (laughs) There's enough content out there for that, but they can also let it, you know, flow as well. And whenever it will be, it will be. 
and um, your sales cycle gets a lot longer if you do that strategy. But the quality of all of your interactions and what you build your business on and your brand is just so much better and it's more pleasant and it's just more positive and all the feedback that you get and all the interactions. So that's how I approach it. Uh, basically, I help people out and answer their questions in all of those groups. I try to provide as much value as I possibly can. And then I say, hey, let's connect on LinkedIn. And most of the people, the vast majority of the people obviously say yes, because who has uh, you know, something against connecting with somebody on LinkedIn? And then that's how everything starts. And LinkedIn is also because I'm in B2B. um, It's it's a very, very important channel for me personally. For you, it might be something else. But um, so, yeah, so that's how I approach it. Yeah, LinkedIn is great. That's well, that's good. That's so good. And so when you invite people onto your show as a guest, how do you determine who you want? Like, do you just put a call out there or do you do you like have a list of people and then you reach out to them? How, what is your approach? Just. Yeah. So that is all inbound too. Um, all the people reach out to me. I get so many different pitches every single day on social via email. Um, then there are those agencies out there that are podcasting agencies basically, and they're pitching their clients to me as guests, Um, And I just look through the pitches and if it's a good pitch, I have all the information that I need. I already get their bio and the pitch with their expert in some topic suggestions, uh, social media links, links to episodes that they've been a guest on before. So I can like really check them out and see what what kind of value they can add if they're, you know, a good fit. And that's how I decide. And then I'll just basically reply, hi, I think you're a great fit. Here's my scheduling scheduling link. You can grab a time. Um, and that's it, basically. So it's really, really simple. There's no back and forth or whatever. Um, a lot of people have a podcast one sheet, which is like a resume with their most important information that also includes a headshot of them. So I have that for my episode thumbnails as well. So you already have everything that you need right off the bat, basically. There's also those matchmaking platforms like Podmatch and Matchmaker FM, where you can find guests. I had profiles created there. In the beginning, when I just started my podcast, I have deactivated them now because it's been so much like I'm getting so much so I don't even have to, you know, actively um, look for guests anymore. Um, So yeah, so (laughs) podcasting is really blowing up right now. And it's on its way to become a billion dollar industry. So if you're looking to start a podcast, you do not have to worry about, you know, finding no guests anymore. (laughs) That's not going to be one of your problems. It's going to be the least of your problem. And I have to say like, and I, and I say this all the time, but it seems like overnight it went from 550,000 to 2 million, over 2 million podcasts and, you know, three out of every five quit. So there's that too. But even with that, when, when the pandemic came, you know, I was podcasting. In fact, I wrote a book based on interviews before podcasting was a thing. And then when podcasts came out, I'm like, I love interviewing people. Like I love putting them on a platform and, you know, like extracting how genius they are. Like it's my favorite thing. And so, um, I just did a marketing podcast for small business owners, uh, called chat and grow. And it was just so much fun. And then I started another one because someone had given me the idea of, you know, interviewing people who are in my t- ideal audience. And so I was meeting clients and collaborators and 
and also screening out people I didn't want to work with <laughs> and things like that. And, and, but I still was doing content marketing as I was, as I had started to do from the beginning. Uh, and then when the pandemic came, uh, I had multiple coaches and mentors just be like, you, you should go show people how you're doing this. Cause you're you know, similar to what you're doing. It's like, you know, multiplying the content, I had a system and VAs and all these things. And they're like, you should right. show people how to do that. And, um, but it just seemed like right at that point where everybody got into it, it seemed like everybody was podcasting. Everybody was giving people advice on podcasting, even if they had just gotten into it, like it was their first podcast. And, you know, in the first two months they had a hundred thousand people. Did they have sales? No. Did they know any of the people? No. So I was always one of those, like, if you're not building relationships, it's just not worth it to me, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I just, I, I kind of almost was like, why did I decide to, you know, go into podcasting? I liked it so much better when I wasn't a pod, you know, like I was just podcasting for myself. But what I love is right now, I feel like there's a new transformation happening and there's a lot more interest uh, kind of more away from the commercialization of it and away from, you know, at first everybody wanted the first hundred thousand, 500,000 downloads that it took to make 20 bucks a month. You know I mean? And it was like, I like, that's not why I podcast. I can't help you, you know? And so that's not why I podcast. Either, yeah. <laughs> and so, but now like what you're talking about where people are starting to come back to, I just want to be on everybody's show. I just want to get out there and do it. They're valuing getting help to do it and things like that. So I feel like there's more of a true podcasting culture formulating than in the big, you know, explosion that happened um, early on. Have you, do you, I mean, I know you got into it right about at, at that March point and I, right. and I don't want to get too in the weeds because I, I want to make sure to keep my promise to you, but just real briefly, like, do you, have you seen anything like that or have you felt a culture shift again in this industry? Yes, absolutely. The good will survive. Um, it's the same with everything. So a lot of people get into something because they want to hop on a trend. They want to make quick money. They want to make a quick buck. They're just, you know, all in for the hype or whatever, but they're not serious about it. They don't love podcasting as a medium. They don't want to, you know, genuinely build relationships and do it for the love of it. So they'll either not be successful in the long run or they'll just give up. Um, I've heard, what was the statistic again? Most podcasts uh, don't even have their first 10 episodes or whatever. So, right? Most <laughs> well, people quit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called Pod Fade. And yes, yeah. <laughs> I remember at 550,000 podcasts, Pod Fade happened at seven episodes. Seven. Yeah, right. I knew now, it was under 10. It's crazy. Someone <laughs> just now told me it's 12. But I think that that's because it became more popular to release more in the beginning. Like for myself, I'm like, okay, so Pod Fades at 12. We launched this with 12 episodes. And honestly, our first 12 episodes of Next Up Nation was what we had until just recently because we've been like testing. I always say like my show is the testing ground. And so um, but even with that, um, you know, now we have like 30 episodes that we're going to like push out in the next couple months. But, um, you know, it, it definitely is a thing. I'm just glad that it's it's coming back around. And, and ultimately, as an industry, the content is what needs to matter. I feel like, yeah. you know, the why and our approach to it uh, creates that like it's a it's a indicator of the heart behind it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what 
listeners care about is do I want to listen to the content? So um, anyway, so again, I don't absolutely, I, I could talk Ascension. about that all day because I love <laughs> podcasting, but um, I, you know, let's kind of, I just, I have kind of these bullet questions for you and then we can kind of move into this next part. So I'm all just right. going to ask you a few questions just to kind of clarify a few things. Um, so I got an idea of who your guests are that you bring on and usually they're specialists just to clarify, is that right? Like yes. they're people who are experts in your, in the realm. What I, what I say, it's like you share an audience, but you don't directly compete with each other. Is that yes, a good way exactly. To- yeah. So okay. I invite subject matter experts, um, on the topics that my episode is about each episode is on one specific topic. Um, and then I ask them the right questions and I ask them really simple questions. So they don't even get to, you know, <laughs> get going on their high level, but they're really, um, keeping it really simple. And I, yeah, I basically, I'm the moderator. I make sure that it really stays, um, yeah, small business owners should be able to comprehend it and get actionable takeaways from it and not be overwhelmed. That is the worst case scenario that I want to avoid at all costs to have people more confused yeah. <laughs> and overwhelmed and paralyzed when before they were listening. Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm not allowed to talk about SEO because I feel like I want I want my listeners to be able to hear what I'm saying. But if I start talking about SEO, look out. It's not going to be fun for anybody. <laughs> I used to have an assistant and I'd be like, okay, can you just, like, could you just listen to me for like five minutes? I want to talk to you about this really great tool for, um, like it was about metadata or something. And she's just like, fine. And so I would just like get to go off about the solution that I found. So yeah, yeah, I feel you. So I think it's really good that you keep it approachable and, um, can, you know, consumable by your audience. Yes. Um, and so just real quick, do you, do you pick the topics or do you, uh, filter through the guests and decide who, what the topics will be based on the experts that are coming to you? It depends. Sometimes people recommend really amazing topics. For example, the press release marketing episode that I published and that you enjoyed very much. Um, my guest, Mickey Kennedy, he uh, basically proposed a topic to me and I was like, oh, great. Yeah, let's talk about that. And sometimes it's me who proposes a topic. So it really it really depends <laughs> on I how great that. the suggestions are. And it's also very subjective. You know, maybe I've already published an episode uh, you know, the week prior to that about the same topic that I don't need to talk about that again. But if they're an expert and they're super knowledgeable, I'm happy to still have them on the show and just talk about something else. So it really, it really depends. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And, um, so also I want to kind of just real quickly ask you about your audience. If you don't mind, like I have three parts to this what is your audience? Like, what is the size of your audience as you would estimate it based on the crappy statistics that we're provided with? And that can include, you know, your website gets this much, your YouTube gets this much, your podcast gets about this many downloads. What platform gets the most and what gets them there? What have you found? If you picked one way, what has been the most effective way to get them there? Uh, so my website, I would say, is my is definitely my vo- most valuable digital asset because it's the main driver of revenue and there's everything on there. So the website bundles all of the content that I create and that I put out there. Then social media is really important for me, which is LinkedIn um, and then my email list. So those are definitely the top three. And then after that, it's my blog and my podcast and my online course. 
Um, yeah. So, so, so what is your audience size? Would you say? Um, it's about a million people and about 10,000 people are in the very core of it. 10 to 10,000 businesses are at the very core of it that are like the very ideal clients, which means uh, really small businesses with um, uh, over proportionally high revenue. So they got the budget to spend and they can do the most things and they just need a strategy and a plan of action that is tailored to them, not a cookie cutter template of a whatever standard funnel that you can buy out there, but really to work with me as a consultant and I can analyze the situation, recommend what's best for them and we can implement it without, you know, having to penny pinch, so to speak. And, and they so really when you, get it. They have experience with marketing and they feel that inbound philosophy. They believe in the philosophy of doing business by being human and personable and providing value. And they're not even interested in going down that old school route. So that well, is really important too. Well, let me clarify. How many downloads do you get? Uh, per month, let's say, or within the first seven days, however you measure it. And um, how, like, how many visits do you have your websites? Like, how big is your literal audience? Like, people listening and watching you? Yeah, the podcast is around a thousand. The the website is around five, six thousand. Okay. And social media all combined is maybe like seven thousand. Awesome. Awesome. So it's not super large, but it's It's, very targeted. Exactly. That's (laughs) that's actually really, really good. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, you know, in podcasting, it's so funny for being an industry where the statistics are so unreliable, they're always changing the metrics too. They're like, Oh, you have to find out like how many listens you get in the first seven days. Then it's the first, then it's the first 30 days. Then it's back to the first seven days. I mean, if you talk to 10 podcasters, they've had advice all across the spectrum. <laughs> like wow, just, yeah. <laughs> and I do, and I always say like, at the end of the day, we just have to look at trends, you know, because a download, if you really look at it, you have, you really don't know what that is. Like it could be, they listen to, you know, it, it's different. I don't know. There's just so yeah. many different variables. So I would um, love to see how long people are exactly listening and mm-hmm. when you have the biggest jump off and like, as you can do with your video analytics, basically for your podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can use analytic tools to do that and put those special, you know, attribution links in there and things like that. Um, which if it were further down, like we're all guinea pigs right now. So even yes. that I feel like, well, I mean, we could, uh, you know, hire somebody to do that, but let's just focus on producing it and watching trends. So, right. um, and I, and I do believe we're, we're getting right into that space of the big boys understanding how to do it internally, because I feel like that's what the market demands. Isn't, you know, I mean, the awesome, brilliant geeky people who can do that, I think will go out and, and hustle that. But I think the rest of us are just going to be like, no, big boys, you guys are just going to figure this out. <laughs> like, this is why we don't do free hosting, <laughs> you know? So, and I, and I do think there, it's so much improved. So um, I'll say oh, that. Oh, yes. Okay. And it's improving really fast mm-hmm. already. So there's already so many more things that you can measure right now versus like even six months ago. So it's exactly. definitely, it's definitely improving. That's true. 
Well, and I'm on Libsyn and it's actually getting pretty. I never thought that would happen. Wow. Like I've been with Libsyn <laughs> since day one. And I'm like, wow, this looks like one of the original websites of the world <laughs> of the internet. <laughs> and, um, but they have it in kind of beta where you can opt to go over to their new platform and it's really pretty. So I will, I That's will just cool. give them a little shout out that they're doing a great job there. But, um, so would you consider your, I'm just going to ask, I've like four more questions. Um, mm-hmm. would you, one is, would you consider your show profitable if someone asked you that question? Well, I guess I just did, but. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a it's a tough RI to measure. I would say yes, but I can't pinpoint it down to a specific value. Like this is how much it costs me to produce an episode, and this is what an episode on average uh, returns to me in revenue or in profit. But it's really one more element um, of my online presence that. I can use as like an anchor point to delight and nurture my audience basically. And they turn to clients over time and it's more content and I repurpose it across all the other channels that I'm using basically. So it's definitely profitable. It's benefiting me on so many levels. So again, I would say yes, but it's not a numbers value. It's just uh, very qualitatively. Yeah. Well, and it's a marketing play. Like I always try to exactly. tell people, you know, just like you would hire a marketing company, it's a, it's evaluating ROI like that. Um, I mean, I will say, I mean, we we do have ways to to profit without hurting the content and things like that. Um, but it, it's also just legitimate as a freestanding marketing play for sure. So, do you do all the production and the promotion yourself, or do you delegate? Um, I do some of it myself and I delegate some of it. So social media marketing, I delegate most of it. Um, The scheduling and evaluating which guests I want on the show, I do all of it myself. I look at all of the people myself and I look at their, you know, social profiles and online presences. And then I determine if they're a good fit or not. Um, Editing, cutting and stuff like that. It depends. I still do a lot myself, though. Oh. editing style that I just like and I'm more happy when I so whenever I have time and I can free up time I leverage marketing automation a lot in my business yeah <laughs> so when I can free up it's, time, a, it's a great assistant right. don't you think I always oh, tell my husband I'm like it it's like a whole person you know yeah. and if and if that assistant messes up it's my fault <laughs> you know True. Yes. It, it helps me when I hire humans because I'm like oh was that my fault wait no was it yeah right <laughs> was yeah. I supposed to yeah so, it, you know, it's really a, you know, manager helper also. I love it. I love it that you do automation too. I'm such an automation geek. That's the other thing I shouldn't probably talk about too much, but <laughs> so you do some of the editing and the cutting and things like that. Um, or sometimes you delegate it. Who does right. your writing? Um, that is almost all outsourced or delegated, or I, I have a lot of guest bloggers and guest contributors, people that reach out to me and I have a look at their content. And sometimes, you know, it's super low quality. And then I tell them it's not a good fit for black. And sometimes it's really amazing. And I also work with a lot of agencies when it comes to that. So there's a lot of like blogger outreach agencies and content uh, marketing agencies 
that are writing really, really great um, research articles with great sources and, you know, everything. And I can literally almost just copy and paste it and put it on my blog and their client gets a backlink and I have fresh content and we're all happy. But I also do some blogging myself. Okay. I started um, doing all of the blogging myself when I launched the blog. Um, I have written all of the articles, but now it's like a mix and match. And I love also that I get to focus on the things that I love doing the most. Uh, so yeah, other other people can do the writing, and I really love the podcasting and filming videos more than more than writing. Yeah, when it comes to content creation. Well, and before this interview, I had asked you if you would rather focus on preeminence or profit, because I feel like I want to make sure that when we're talking about it, we're optimizing our time. But I always talk about both because it's hard to get one without the other. And so, um, and this really cuts into exactly why I feel like profit is so important because if you can't delegate it, it is unsustainable. It just is like, I don't care how much we love podcasting. It's fun until it's not fun anymore. And if we have too many of those things that it's not our highest and best use, or it's just not our zone of genius. Um, I mean, some of the things I do definitely not my highest and best use, but I love it. So it just gives it, it's like, I'm sitting watching TV with my husband and I get to do that part of my work, you know? And, um, so I think that that keeps it sustainable. It makes it so that pod fade is less likely if you're able to delegate those things. So I think that that's really wise. You should do what you love in your own business. That's why we have created that freedom for ourselves. And if you choose to do something yourself, it should always be because you want to do it and not because you have no other option and you can't outsource it and you have to do it yourself. So that's how it always should be. And my best tip for that is always create a process, create a standard Mm -hmm. operating procedure, SOP that you share with people and it makes it really easy for you to train people, to teach people and to just find assistants who can do it for you. And it's really clear and it's standardized and you can ensure that you still have the quality of your content in short, if you choose not to do something yourself, that's really, really important. Exactly. In fact, um, one of the first 12, I, the first 12 episodes of Next Step Nation, I call my masterclass because we interviewed just the top in the industry. I feel like we covered just about every topic you would need to really build a great podcast. And one of the people we interviewed was Nathan Hirsch. And he has a company called Outsource School. He used, he started Free Up, which is a, a very well-known um, uh, VA uh, hiring company. But now he's got this, uh, out, he calls it outsource school, but it, they, it's full of SOPs. So it's got SOPs right. for writing, for social media, for sales, for like every department that a business owner, and they're always asking like, okay, guys, what do you need next? And, um, and I could not agree more. In fact, he even had, and so I, and, and it goes back to like, go listen to that. Not you, you know, like go listen, anybody who wants help with that. Like, it sounds like you've got it going on, but Um, A lot of times I feel like business owners are intimidated by that because we've all had experiences that scar us a little bit because we're like trying to run our business and we hire somebody and we're not really putting as much thought or energy into it. And those SOPs really, you have to give people the tools that they need to be successful. It's funny because I say the same thing about websites. I say that every page is like an employee and it, it needs a 
and a goal and a way to do it. And yeah. humans think about how much more important that is, you know, cause that's a person who wants to succeed. And, and if you have a willing person and they're not succeeding, it's us. And as business owners, it's hard, you know, so it's not anything against the business owner. Like they're a bad person. Although a lot of times that's how people come out feeling is like they failed at it. And so I think SOPs are like the life raft, <laughs> you know, it's like, just, if you do nothing else, just get yourself some SOPs. And, and what I, the reason I thought of Nathan's interview, he, he really puts it well about how the more detailed you are, the less expensive it is. And a lot of times podcasts are a side gig, right? So people are running a business and then, oh, I love a podcast and oh, I want a podcast. Well, and they don't really have a lot of vision for profit or what they're doing, but they're having fun. They get listeners and, and ultimately they're going to need to, like I always say, it's like, if you don't delegate, you know, you're in trouble. And, and like Nathan's saying, he goes through the three different levels of hiring and how <clears throat> basically it comes down to how detailed are you? If you're not very detailed, it's you need to be ready to pay a lot because that person has to do the thinking and, and everybody's doing the thinking, but it's just a more strategic hire. It's not somebody who's just going to like do the tasks. Uh, and a lot right. of times podcasters are such control freaks that you better just write down the stuff and be, you know, pay less because <laughs> yes, you want it done you a specific to force way yourself to do that and to execute your tasks consciously and make the effort to write down every single step, no matter how little that step might be, because for the other person, it's not just a logical no brainer that that's how you do that. And that's how you get from this to that, but you have to write it out and put it in writing and really treat your business like a franchise. Mm. The more detailed, the better have processes for everything. And that's how you grow and scale. That's yeah. so important because yeah, that's what scaling is. Basically you want to remove yourself uh, from the day-to-day -day work of your business more and more and work on your business more than in your business. And really you are the one who strategizes and navigates the ship, so to speak, where it's going and people need direction and things have to work even if you're not there. I think that a lot of businesses would collapse Two, three, four weeks, and that would be it. All of their clients would be unhappy and things would just, you know, end up in chaos. <laughs> so you don't want that to happen. That's why it's so important. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, let's see, I think that that was about it. Um, and as you saw, I was taking notes throughout the whole thing. So if it looks like I was distracted, I was really documenting as I went because, um, you know, this next part's coming. So, uh, one of the things that you, again, kind of going back to what we said at the beginning, the thing is that you can envision from your show, your, your, you know, what you want to get out of it is the brand awareness, the authority and the thought leadership. If you were to pick something that was between you and achieving that, what would that thing be in your That's opinion? That's a tough question. I think I'm on track pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, and, but you, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing you're here because you want to grow your audience. So is that true? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, it's, and okay. One other thing. Okay. I know I keep saying one more question, but one thing you mentioned on the form, because we do have a form that people fill out before they come on the show, uh, is that you mentioned that you wanted to grow your audience, um, and optimize based on the changes that Apple recently made. Are you referring to the subscription model? Oh, yes, absolutely. So that's a new goal now to also get more subscribers um, on the podcast. Um, I feel like the listeners that I'm getting right now are my audience members who I just I just tell them basically, hey, I just published a new episode. It's about X, Y, Z. Go ahead and check it out. And then they do. Um, but it's not really, you know, people who stumble upon the podcast because, you know, if your list is if your podcast is not trending or in the top 100 list or whatever from Apple, um, it's really, really hard for people to discover your show in the first place. So I want to get more subscribers. So my avid listeners, my subscribers are subscribed and that's how they always get notified. And then I also want to focus on, you know, having more visibility within podcasting apps or platforms that more people can actually, um, discover the show. So yeah, that's like a, that's like a new goal of mine. I think it's going to be really, really important in the future. Otherwise Apple wouldn't have launched the feature and, um, having subscribers on your, on your podcast will be just as important as having, you know, a certain amount of subscribers on social media. So you want to keep an eye on that. And yes, I'm, I'm taking it seriously <laughs> and I will incorporate more calls to action to do that in the future in my episodes too. It's funny if Apple or Google make a move, we're all like, okay, or Spotify. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, <laughs> like, oh, I where are we going? Something. Everybody <laughs> look alive. <laughs> Something's <Adam>. happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So if it's okay with you, we're going to go ahead and move into the kind of my take on it and continue mm-hmm. the discussion. But I, I want just want to talk more about, first, we're going to talk about the things that I see that you're doing well, which is they're abundant. So anything that I have to say is just going to be about tweaking something that you're already doing and barely even that. Uh, the first part will be, um, like I said, what I feel like you're doing well. The second part will be opportunities that I see. And, uh, not in any kind of priority, but just like in general, like observations. And then the last thing I'll share is like, if there was one thing that you could do that I could see that you could grow in the next 30 days, um, that would, that would be it. So I just want to clarify too. Now, um, we talked about preeminence. We talked about getting listeners. So would you say you're really looking in general for listeners or do you specifically want Apple subscribers? Uh, both. And I hope that my subscribers will also not just subscribe, but also <laughs> listen <laughs> regularly. Yeah. Okay. But if you could pick one, like if you had to focus on one thing, uh, then I pick listeners. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Love it. <laughs> Let me <laughs> just make one more note. So subscriber part. Um, and you could see like clarifying that just helped me know, like, would that have anything to do with it if I were the boss of the world and gave you one thing? But since that's not the priority, it really is just generally getting more listeners. Um, we'll just focus on that for now. But okay, so it, do I have your permission to transition into this next phase? Honestly, yeah, you okay. do. You do. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love getting feedback and I'm, you know, always open to get feedback and get, uh, you know, 
also implement from other people's tips. <laughs> I'm I love so it. used to being in the role of the one giving all the tips. <laughs> so <laughs> I love to um, receive feedback. So I'm really excited. And I know that you're a true expert on it. So Aww, I'm ready. Well, <laughs> I'm excited. I love, like I said, I love it. And this is more fun when I'm kind of a fan of already of what you're doing, which I am, you know, I was a high school cheerleading coach. And when I jumped in and started coaching, um, I love these girls, but they were the worst cheerleaders ever. My pastor, who was also one of my, our best friends, he was a basketball referee. And when I took the position as the head high school cheerleading coach, he was like, of what's cool. And I told him, and he was just like, oh my gosh, they're so terrible. And I'm like, you're the pastor. Like, what the heck are you even supposed to say that? You know? Um, but they were, they were just miserably terrible. And within about uh, 90 days, they became awesome. But the wow. things that I was telling them in the first, you know, months <laughs> was a lot different than what I was telling them six months down the road. You know, six months down the road, they actually ended up competing by the end of the year, which was our goal was that they wanted to be competition ready. And so while we were preparing for competition, the conversation was just completely different. I wasn't teaching them how to cheer. I was teaching them how to move their arm just a little bit perfectly more, you know, more precisely, I should say. Um, so I feel like that's where we're at. I feel like that you just, you're already a pro, you know exactly what you're doing. And so anything I observe is just going to be, I, I think you're already doing it well. It just, this is something that I am seeing that um, you're, it probably won't even come as a surprise to you. <clears throat> All right, excuse me. So as I move into that, I always want to start with the four P's of preeminence. I, I feel like these are the four things that are really important. It actually is important for preeminence um, it, and to have a sustainable show, but also a growing show. Number one is to know your purpose, which we talked about in the beginning, your why, why did you start it? Um, what are you hoping to accomplish? Know your people really dial in on your messaging, which um, you're a pro at. You teach people about that. Optimize the promotion of your show, which honestly, I don't think there's one thing I'm going to have to say that you could do better at that. I think your repurposing remarketing is just spot on. Um, and then fourth, earning proceeds or profit to help pay for delegating. So those are the four things that I think I, I always try to have that framework in mind when we go through this. So I really feel like number one, you're amazing at the at the blog post and the website. You know. I agree with you. It's the greatest asset anyone's going to find. It's the top way people find your show. You know, when they're looking on Apple for podcasts, yeah, there's there's some other things we have to do opt optimize it. However, everybody's on Google looking up topics, right? So they're looking right. up, uh, do press releases matter anymore? <laughs> you know, and boom, there's your interview, and there's you know this exposure, and then it's just a matter of how do we convert that into your top priority. Um, and then number two is you, and back to the blog again, um, the fact that you have clear takeaways, notes, actionable steps. It's one thing to talk about having actionable steps. It's another thing to say, like, just go look at the show notes. I've got a list. You don't even have to take notes. I feel like um, there's a, there's a video that I watch regularly about real estate investing and I love it. And he's super smart and he just like drops bombs all the time. Like I'm just constantly, but I can just sit and listen to him because I know that I can go back to his website and grab the show notes. And I feel like yours is formatted so much like that, that it's just brilliant. And so it's consistent with the goal that you want, um, to accomplish with your show. 
You also have a great call to action that makes sense. I'm always telling people, you know, as a podcaster, everybody wants to build this authority and trust and have people know that they know their stuff. But if they don't have a next step for those people, once that happens, like assume that it's going to (laughs) work, you know, like you want to build authority. Okay, you're building it. So now what? And so having that next step or call to action a lot of people are held back because they feel like it's too salesy, but in, it's actually the opposite. I feel like it's too selfish not to. And you have a really good one. It feels natural. It feels like, I mean, honestly, the the audience is number one. Knowing your audience, I feel like any other step, it's, you know, does it matter? Absolutely. Like if, if, you right. don't know, if you don't know who you're talking to, how do you build great content? How do you send good emails? You know, so, but on the other hand, you have listeners who have been listening. And so they're like, yeah, I already did that one. So what else do you got for me? <laughs> you know, um, and then I love your format. Um, I, and I'm probably calling it the wrong thing, but I always call it a cold open where there's just, content from the middle that just gets plopped at the beginning. I love that um, yes. because it, it really gives, it gets to the meat of it before they even start listening. And you do all this work to drive people to your show. And then if you don't grab them in that first little bit of time, you're shooting yourself on the foot. And I think that you did a really good job of that. And even beyond the cold open, uh, it it doesn't drag on. It really does a good yes. job of just like moving on. And then I love your outro too. I thought your outro was really good as well. So, um, great format, you know, your audience, you repurpose your content like a pro cause you are a pro. Um, and then, okay. So this is another thing. This is such a pet peeve of mine. And I, I'm so sorry to like, I love my guests so much and I am so proud of them. Like, I think they're brilliant, but so often I'll say, what is your web address? And they'll give me Apple or they'll give me Spotify or they'll give me, and it's like, just give me your web address. Like if you don't have your podcast on that, then, you know, put it on there and then give it to me. But I just feel like you, it needs to be, people are going from one platform to another. It just needs to not be freaky. Like anything we can do to remove those barriers, the better. And so I love, I love that you do that. You also have, um, in your descriptions, I saw on Spotify, you have a link right in the first part, which I think is brilliant. Also, I, um, we're going to be releasing an episode with Mark Kumar and he, he makes bank. Like he profits so much. In fact, he was on, I'm just like, I don't even know why I'm on my show. Like, <laughs> seriously. I mean, I had ideas for him, but he was like, I don't really care. Cause I already make money at it. I'm like, okay, great. But that's how you can grow your audience. So I don't know what else to say, but, but that's one thing he does. So, every, so everything he says to do when it comes to profit, I've already started changing how I do things. So when we were talking about our podcast being this whole conversion rate optimization exercise, um, I feel like having that link in the first paragraph, I think was um, just spot on. So good job on that. Um, so any feedback or feelings about that or? Yeah, I agree with you on everything so far. And I do all of that um, purposefully. Yes. <laughs> so it's not an accident. <laughs> yeah, sure. Awesome. Awesome. I, you know, as a mar- marketer to marketer though, don't you feel like sometimes people don't notice, like they just feel like things just like, I just want to acknowledge you like very Thank good job. Very I much. see what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing it really, really well. I have a lot of respect for how you podcast and how you uh, formulate. You also just get to the point too. You're really good at, at that on your show. Um, yeah. and in fact, um, do you, so you must have an outline and you kind of mentioned it earlier where typically you're 
your questions are formatted in a really specific way. And so it's answered in a really specific exactly, way as well. Yes. I don't want to waste any person's time. I want them to get value. I want it to be value packed. And I want to not just get straight to the point, but have the entire episode be about the point. <laughs> That's yeah. the whole point. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so let me just talk about just some areas that in, again, this may fit within what you're doing. It may not, but it's just things I observed that um, maybe I just want to bring up that I feel like could potentially be opportunities. Um, number one is, um, so the call to action, I just think is brilliant. Uh, there's an episode that we do in the first 12 in the masterclass series for Next Step Nation with um, Tom Schwab. And he is like the premier guest marketer. So he is all about the guests coming on the show and he trains. And as a host, I thought this was brilliant and really helpful. Um, his people go on to shows and they get leads. So they go on the show and people sign up for their stuff. <laughs> and I that thought, wow, cool. as a guest, you know, maybe our uh, expectations as hosts should be higher <laughs> if they can do it as guests. Right. And so it just made me think that one of the things that he does that he swears by, um, and he's been doing this for a long time is that he's got, he, they actually have three levels of calls to action. They have the easy, like the free, and then the, the, it's just like a funnel. So then it's like the next step, like the not very expensive thing. And then they've got their like, Hey, if you actually want to work with me, this is, I, you don't have to go through my funnel. Like, this is how you just like work with me. Um, for myself, I have translated that into two. Uh, Cause I feel like three is a lot as a host, especially because our listeners hear all this stuff over and over again, but having that free gift, especially for new listeners is really valuable um, because, you know, for, you know, you know, all the reasons and we talk about it on the show all the time, but the other thing is having that third level step, because then again, going back to that thought that, or the second level, or even mixing it up, but having those two steps, because people have been listening to you for a long time, because that's what you want. You want loyal listeners, right? You just don't want people randomly listening. And so you want them to feel like, you know, you've been listening a long time. This is how you just like you, you email this email and that's how you, I'm the one that you get, or you go to this website, you fill out this form. I'm the one that you meet with, or, you know, or whatever your process is, or this is the person that you meet with. Um, but having those two levels, I think is, is really helpful. The other is, um, to consider having your call. And, and again, I hate even talking about messing up with your format because I, I love it, but I also with the, as an optimization specialist, <laughs> I'm always thinking like, okay, so how could we kind of play with it and maybe not change it a ton, but maybe find a way to softly do a call to action, not at the end of the show or do your, your main call to action at the end of the show where, uh, in fact, I had one guest where he said, yeah, I do my call to act. In fact, it's the same one. It's Mark Kumar. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the one who said this. So like I said, anything he says about converting is like gold to me, but and he, he will go, he'll be talking about something and then he'll just drop it like, oh yeah, you know, this, and by the way, if this is something you need help with, and I, it feels weird as a host to kind of, and I asked him that I'm like, well, isn't that weird? Because like, you're talking to this person and then you just, oh, by the way, you know, here's this car salesman that's trying to sell a car in the meantime. And he's like, no, it doesn't, I get 
sales all the time. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So, but it's always at, a, he said, it's always at a spot where it's natural. It's just, um, but anyway, just, there are a lot of ways to do it and I'll you're try it out for sure. Yes. And because I know pro. that some people have those hard breaks where it's like, just completely interrupting the episode, like a commercial break when you're watching TV and they have this pre-recorded insert that they just put in there that is, yeah, so salesy and promotional almost feels like an ad and you're just in your head turning your ears off basically and you're yeah <laughs> now or, you're just waiting or you're skipping in the player you like fast forward yeah. 15 seconds please <laughs> and I need so, to yeah. I need to revisit this with them too because I don't know like um I wonder if it would work as well uh and and I'm actually testing with my show with this whole series is um you know right now we have it towards the beginning but just messing around with like as you're listening or as we, i have a i have a creative assistant that that's the person who pulls cool content like it's like oh that was interesting and so whether it's her or myself just listening for that break where it's like oh this would be a great spot to put that little insert where it is an insert and she's it's just you saying something like you know now might be a good time just to let you know that this is how i help people this is, you know, how you get a hold of me. And then if this is your first time to the show, don't even worry about it. I got something free for you. Like I have a gift for you just to say thank you or something like that. So it's like genuinely from you, it's genuinely what you're the message you're trying to be, but we're more obvious about it instead of hoping that they assume the right thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. And then going back to the subscribers and we we're testing this right now too, but with the call to action being earlier, I really like having the last call to action to be to subscribe. Like, hi, wasn't that awesome? Because <laughs> you're still here. I'm assuming you like the show. Right. It's it's a good time to go press subscribe. much more sense than Give doing it some... in the beginning before you even know Yeah, you liked it because, you know, you just started listening. So yeah. And then hopefully they listen to the next episode as well. And then they get that call to action again. And so then that way it's soft still, and it's, um, a, you know, joining their conversation. Uh, but if, it, again, if they're trusting you, they're wanting to know these things. So it's not like you're trying to push anything on them. Right. Um, and then the third thing is guest management. Um, this is actually something I feel like it's my, like it's my superpower. <laughs> I love it. Um, in fact, I only recently started, like you approached me as well. And I get pitched all the time from people. So we do have a process for our guests. Um, once you're in, it's like, I care so much about my guests. So I just want them treated awesome. I want them to get great value. I want it to be everything they hope it is. And then to get great promotion afterwards, but getting in is harder. It's kind of like the, in fact, I'm really quick to cancel if, um, like if someone doesn't show up unless they're like, dude, I'm so sorry. But if they're like, oh, well I, you know, my car broke, you know, like not my car broke down. Cause I would totally be cool with that. But like, oh, you know, oh, I forgot. Then I'm kind of like, okay, well, sorry. It didn't work out, you know, right? because it really, I just feel like you're taking somebody's spot. Like this is, oh, yeah. you know, like we put so much into it as hosts. Like we put so much into preparing, you know, research, promotion, all of it. And, and I want to until I don't. And then I'm like, uh, never mind. Like, this is all about the relationships. I feel bad now. And, and I have to say, 
Um, I get over it quick too. Like I had one person that just didn't show up was like, Oh, I forgot about it. No, I thought it was a different time. And I'm like, how could you have like, you got my emails, you know, like there's a Google version. There's a like everything. Oh yeah. The reminders, (laughs) all of that. So you should take it seriously. (laughs) And and I have, um, I mean, I've screwed up, so I, I get it that stuff happens, but at the end of the day, um, I don't like all that part. Like, I don't like all the, I, I love screening. Like I have to be the one to screen it. I'm like, it sounds like we're similar like that. Like, no, they're not coming on the show unless I personally have looked at it and was like, okay, yeah. like, I read everybody's answers. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be so much fun, you know? Um, but I just feel like if there was a way to make it more streamlined for you, maybe, um, then you could open up the floodgates, but they're going to self fall off. You know what I mean? Like, uh, for example, like, and and I haven't gone through your process, but do you have a form that you use or anything? Uh, No, I don't have a form. I really eliminate all the friction. Um, I think it just makes it easier if they provide all of the information that I need anyways, as a host right there in their pitch. And most of the pitches are professional pitches from, you know, agencies um, or people that are really experienced with being a guest on podcasts. I don't even have a need for a form anymore. I have it all in their email or in their podcast one sheet. Well, and it depends on what you use the form for. So if I was using the form just for information, I probably wouldn't use it because you're right. Like the pitches have all of that in it. I mean, there are things I want to know, but most of what I ask are qualifying questions. They're like, is this a good fit for my show? Because even though on paper they are like, and you've had great shows. So I know, but it's just, it eliminates, you're able to open it up to more people, but yet filter it before it gets to you. So you don't even have to look at it. You know, yes, maybe some of the information is repeated from their one sheet, but it shows that they're committed to being on your show. Like it shows commitment. It shows, you know, it's formatted in a way that it's self um, sifting, you know, Um, have you ever had problems with like, once you have someone coming on your show that, or has it just all been smooth? Like, yeah, all been smooth. That's so awesome. Um, Those people just they have, they're already experts and they have an online presence. They know how important it is. That's why they're interested in being a guest on my podcast in the first place. They get the importance and there's just a lot of proof out there that they absolutely know what they're talking about and they're subject matter experts. And I do not have to worry about them not being able to answer any of my questions. And I see that really quickly. So I don't do a whole lot of research on them. I just basically scroll through their social profiles and their website for like a couple of minutes, like under five minutes, sometimes even, and I get a really, really um, good understanding of who they are and what I can expect. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess it depends on you know, your show and what kind of show you have. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a show like that, where you have, you know, experts on, you might want to screen people uh, more and yeah, everybody should do whatever makes sense for them. Well, and we're really strategic about our guests too. So like, it's more than just topical and it, and I don't even just mean next step nation. Like, um, and when, when I help, when I do consulting for other, we actually have a tool that does the guest management that we, you know, share with our podcasters. But, um, you know, a lot of times the people who come on our show, we want a relationship beyond that. So we're either looking for a collaboration or something. Um, not that it happens. It usually happens naturally or it doesn't happen. But even if it happens naturally, if there's not some sort of really deliberate 
this is how we see this playing out because this is the type of people that we're working with. Um, you know, that really comes more into the monetization and the optimizing the relationships kind of things, which is why I, you know, I, it's not going to end up on my one thing list, but I just would say like of the things that I observed, um, I think that, um, just kind of putting, I think you could get so much out of your guests as far as like afterwards, and then also reduce some of the, you know, the longer you do this, the more, I don't know, the more you're going to, I don't know, maybe you're different than I am, but I'm just like, after a while, I'm like, no, I just want to make sure, you know, that everything, I, right. I yeah, go, that's perfectly fine. Everybody has their own systems. Yeah. I have and to say that I've also been really lucky with the, their reliability in general. They're all professional people. They show up on time. Very rarely has it happened that somebody forgot or didn't show up. Um, yeah, really. Yeah. Most of them do. And they're prepared. And, um, yeah, what else? I wanted to say something else and I forgot about it now. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really reliable. It's really smooth. I never really ran into a lot of issues ever with any guests. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to say too, my guests have all been awesome. So I I don't have any issues, but I also will say that when I first started doing this, like you, I'm automated. So I just, I feel like that's my assistant to like do the intake. And then by the time I'm meeting with my guest, um, it's just kind of spoon fed. Uh, and I've been able to kind of open it up to more people. So, um, and also, uh, yeah, anyway. And then if I come up with somebody that I invite, they automatically go into that system and then they get the same kind of thing. So anyway, before we, yeah, like, I feel like too, that's probably not a priority, but, um, you know, down the road as you have like a million listeners and, you know, you're only having famous people on your show, that might be something that <laughs> <laughs> you could work, you could do. Right. So any something that I'm really particular about, I want to have the people on my show that are able to provide the most value to my target audience. It's mm-hmm. all about my audience. So it's not about having, you know, celebrities or the most famous people on my show, but I want people that can break things down in the way that I want them to. And I know it helps my audience members out the best. And there's not this, you know, huge gap between them, because how can a small business owner relate to a person who has built an eight figure business or whatever, you know, they live in entirely different worlds. So I really want to invite people who can provide the most value and I'm not, you know, changing Facing guests based on that. Um, that's also um, a criteria where I know they're probably not a good fit for my show if their entire pitch is about, oh, I got 50,000 followers in there and I got, you know, I got this and that. And it's all about some, you know, some meaningless stats about how many followers they got, they got or yeah. other things they've achieved, but it's not what shows me, hey, um, that's how I can provide value to your audience. You know, it's all me, me, me and some achievements that don't tell me that you can provide a lot of value to my audience. Exactly. Well, and I, I think that there's a lot to be said for that. I, you know, definitely, I always feel like content is king. So if anything hurts the content, whether it's monetization or how we're bringing guests on, it's out. Like it has to really, you know, sometimes we'll use a different strategy just to, um, shake it up. So it's not boring. Um, but it has to still achieve that audience promise. Like I was telling you about earlier. And, um, you know, I know when we're doing our strategy, we, um, and when I'm coaching, same thing is that 
you know, having like a 5% of the time having a rock star, what I call a rock star on our show. I love doing that because I feel like people, um, a lot of times limit themselves and mindset is usually what holds business business owners back and people who have achieved, like they're already where, you know, we all aspire to be, like you said, you know, you want people who want to be able to see themselves having that kind of revenue. And so when we see these people who've achieved these amazing things, um, it's, I think it's nice just to kind of bring us out of our own space. It kind of takes it from looking really closely at the paper to kind of sitting back and going, yes, this is, yeah, right. this is what Every I'm doing. Every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I, I agree with you, uh, that, well, and, and just to kind of on the other side of it, like I I'm like you, like if they tell me they have 50,000 followers, um, maybe I care just because, but probably not. Cause usually, I don't like that as a metric. I like, yes. like how many people engage with you based on what you put out there that that's impressive to me. Um, and you know, yes, we've had, uh, people with a lot of followers, best-selling books, and I will tell you those episodes do really, really well. You know, they get listened to by more people. We get exposed to more people that wouldn't have found us otherwise, but it is never, I'm going to them going you are the type of person who would inspire the people that we're talking to. What do you think? You know, if we teamed up. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Right. So with that, um, so we talked about some areas of opportunity, which is so helpful because then it gives me a sense of a better sense of like where you're wanting to go, what kind of things fit in better with what you're trying to do. At the end of the day, if you were to just make one change that I feel would, would, um, really help you get more listeners. It's definitely something that you have to tweak and kind of play around with, but I do think it's just that how to structure the call to action, but having that, uh, because your show is shorter, it's very to the point. I think that having a subscribe now at the end of the show would be really effective. Um, again, you want more listeners. So, um, when it comes to that, um, I would just say that, um, I mean, again, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I just think, again, this I'm like, wow, my number one advice has nothing to do with getting more listeners. However, it does have everything to do with getting loyal listeners. You know, so as you're building kind of your tribe per se, uh, it, it's really like they're there. Okay, now you've got them. Um, you know, they're on your email list or they have a closer relationship with you. Then they're referring, right? What's the the number two way that people find shows is through referrals. So if you've got these people who are close, they're like, yeah, I was listening to her show. And then I, you know, I got this free download. I think it would really help you. You know, did you know that since I found my target audience that now this is where I'm at or, oh, I, I heard this on this other show. So you've got beyond just like more listeners, you've gotten that loyal listener base that will, the referrals are the, I feel like the most valuable listeners you're going to get. Um, so you just really get those golden listeners. So I would say that that would be the thing that I would play with is just getting them for deeper into um, becoming a loyal listener. Helpful? Yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> good, good. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to add when it comes to um, what we just talked about? So like growing your listener base, the observations, anything like that? 
think I've shared everything. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, and two, as you're listening to this show, be sure to go check out Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast. You can look it up on your favorite podcasting platform or go to dragon-digital-marketing.com. Uh, hit podcast. And um, Monique, uh, is there anywhere else that people can find you or anything else you want everybody to know? The best way is the website, because there you can find all of the content, the podcast, the blog, the free branding course, um, all other resources, the free downloads and cheat sheets, checklists, uh, templates, all that I have on there that you can grab. Um, And there you can also find all of the social links. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. And that's also the best way to reach out. So yeah, I love the website. (laughs) It has everything you need on there. Well, I have to say, um, you know, I, I, when I, when I do my research, cause I promise two things when I promise an actionable step that you can take that will, um, help you get more listeners, but then also that I'm prepared and in doing so, I, I usually will listen to bits and pieces of a lot of episodes. And then I'll listen to a bulk of one episode. And we talked about it beforehand, the press release, uh, episode you, you had, and, uh, the person was, um, that you interviewed, what was his name? Um, Mickey Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Obviously. I mean, he, he does press releases for what, like a third of the shark tank of the people who end up on shark tank. And, um, I, he just was so, so helpful. And, And we talked about beforehand how, uh, before the internet press releases was really how we all got out there and it hasn't changed. Like it's just so powerful and it's a, it's a great way to get out there. So I highly recommend that episode. The other one that I listened to a bit was um, it was a writer who's also a poet, like at night, he's a poet. And I just thought that was so fascinating. Like that's somebody who really likes to write. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say like, you definitely have great guests. I highly recommend the show. Uh, Monique, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap? I am good. So yeah, thank you so much <laughs> for the shout out of your, of your, of your favorite episodes of mine. Uh, definitely check it out. And again, the website URL is dragon-digital-marketing.com. Awesome. Well, Hey everybody, don't be average, be brave, take action and make magic happen. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening and happy podcasting.